It's August 7th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Fall in August? No, that doesn't make sense. But let me tell you what, these cool days that we've had this past week have been the perfect break from all the humidity that we've had this summer. And I would say the one good thing about this cool weather is usually it means fall's coming, but I'm going to enjoy it because I know summer is going to come right back this weekend. So I hope you guys enjoyed it while it lasts because I did. It felt good. It felt good to crush some runs this week in the cool weather because I am not a good humid weather runner my wife is she just crushes it but like I always like die and shrivel up and uh just I can't do it so it felt good to know that you know I can I'm actually I actually am a decent runner uh and these hot temps really are just crushing me so yeah well enough of my rant we have another great episode for you this week Apostoli and I are going to kind of jump into our Thunderdome running segment, talk about how our week was, and then we have an awesome interview with John Knoll, the winner of the Quarantine Backyard Ultra. John is a friend of the pod. Uh, I've known John for a while now. He's an ultra runner. Uh, He's a great guy, and to be the last man standing at the Quarantine Backyard Ultra, he ran for 51 hours and completed 212 Point five miles. Can you imagine that? Just take a second. 212.5 miles in 51 hours. I still can't comprehend it, but we'll keep our segment short so we can jump right in to get all the details on what John ate, how he kept a strong mentality, uh, and a bunch of good details about the race. So, uh, Apostoli, Welcome, welcome. I almost kind of forgot about you. I just was rambling over here. That's all right. I saw the first time. Uh, should my th- should my purse <laughs> uh, burn? Uh, you got me. <laughs> should my like theme song be Rambling Man? Like, if I was a baseball player, would my walk up song be Rambling Man? Oof. Do 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 do. You can ramble on. You're pretty good at it, but you but also you get other you get other people to ramble on, which is another good. So I guess you kind of make up for it. You're a good interviewer. I'm just a rambling man. Well, hey, let me ramble real quick. Uh, shout out to our sponsor of this episode, Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. Let me tell you what, Mimosa has some great brunch and breakfast options, like their omelet or their skillet or their homemade mix to make the most beautiful succulent pancakes. But this past weekend, the fam and I were out in Waukesha. We uh, hiked at Manuka Park, which I know a lot of people on here, are. that's some of their favorite places to run. So we checked it out. Beautiful park. But what we did is afterwards, we stopped at Mimosa in Brookfield, uh, where you can pick up your race shirts. Don't forget about that. And I got some lunch. I got a sandwich, a morning sandwich. So it had an egg and bacon on it. And it was delicious. But what really got me are the fries. Mimosa has hammered in their fry recipe. And I would tell you it's a top three fry I've ever had in my life. Never tried them. Are they good? Your fries? (laughs) So good. I was just kidding. Yeah. No, they're very good. They're doing an excellent job. 
<laughs> Do you know that the guys make them without a timer? They're just amazing, amazing, amazing cooks. I, 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 I bought these nice timers for them, and they, they won't use them for anything. I'm like, guys, can you make your poached eggs like w w using that, uh, that timer? You can do a lot of things. It's a cool timer. You can program it. Like, no, nah, we, don't, we don't need this. So... <laughs> <laughs> the fries are great. Fine. You've been Dang. this is the seventh time you're mentioning the fries in the past four days. Every day I text you and just say, Hey, your fries are bomb. I it's dude, it's good support. I want to pick you up. They're fresh so cut. If you, They're fresh cut. Let me tell you what, if you're hungry right now after us talking about these French fries, then you're gonna be even hungrier later when we talk to John. But oh. I'll leave that for the interview. So let's hear announcements, announcements, announcements. T-shirt pickup is still being held at Mimosa and at their Brookfield location. Uh, they're open every day from 7.30 to 2.30. So head over there and pick up your shirt, please. Um, a lot of you have. I hope you've enjoyed the beautiful restaurant there. Um, if you haven't, go pick it up and pick up some of their fries while you're at it. I'm meeting a lot of great people picking up those shirts. Yeah, dude, when I was way. at T-shirt pickup, so many cool people. You guys are so cool. The support you guys have for the Milwaukee running community and each other is so powerful and inspiring and it makes us want to record this show every week. So kudos to you, all you beautiful, beautiful runners out there. So what do you think? Should we jump into the running segment? Let's do it. All right. This portion of the podcast is presented by Thunderdome Running. As you know, Apostoli and I have been training for the Lakefront Marathon and we are currently on week seven of our training program uh, with our friend Matt Thull, who owns Thunderdome Running. He created custom plans for us, so my plan doesn't look like Apostoli's plan, and his plan doesn't look like mine because his plan is for himself, <laughs> and mine is customized for me. And let me tell you, it's been great. And if you would like a custom plan, you should head over to thunderdomerunning.com. And Matt will hook you up with a custom plan if you're looking for a 5K, a 10K, a couch to marathon. If you're just looking for a program and some accountability and a person who you can text at the end of the day and say, Matt, I crushed that run or Matt, that run sucked. Tell me how to be better. He's there for you. And I tell you, it's worth every single penny. Matt, you're a god. Please keep, keep me going on my plan. <laughs> And it's funny right. that we keep finding more and more people that know Matt or know of Matt. He's like a, somebody called him a local running legend. And it, it feels great to say, hey, yeah, I'm being trained. I'm being, I'm being coached by that guy. It's, it's, a, it's a cool deal. He's been around the block and his workouts are out of this world. They're just so different. We were just talking about it, right, Alex? Did I tell you? My buddy who lives in Philadelphia, who took second place, if we are taking places in the MK Run for Justice race, mm -hmm. uh, when he found out we were doing custom plans from Matt, so we're from Fond du Lac, he goes, oh, Matt Thull? That guy's a legend. And I'm like, wait, how do you know Matt? He's like, oh, because he was coaching the teams when I was in Fond du Lac and when I was coaching at Madison. Like, everyone knows Matt. And I was like, I just shook my head like, yeah, everyone knows Matt, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so was, uh, that's a funny story, but... How's my running been? You know what? I, uh, I, took, I had a down week last week. I only ran three times, um, 22 miles. I did a track workout and my long run, um, and then one slow glue mile workout. But it felt good to take some time off. 
Uh, I got two challenge weeks coming up, two hard weeks that I'm in right now, and then another one next week. So uh, I'm supposed to run 17 miles this weekend. I think my body's capable of it, but it's supposed to be hot again. And as I just ranted about earlier on the show, I'm not good at the heat, but... Early morning, early morning. Got to wake up early. That's yeah. the solution. How... Well, last week you didn't run, so we didn't really get an update no. from you, but rumor has it you're back. I'm back. So Matt texted me, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. I said, hey, how's it going? Did you get any miles in? And I didn't respond because I felt ashamed because I hadn't. <laughs> and then uh, he texted me again this past Sunday and said, okay, I'm going to respond. Uh, sorry, Matt. Disappointed you. You put so much effort into creating this plan for me, and I'm not following it, but I'm kind of stuck because every, things come up every day. I'm not sleeping enough, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, hey, don't don't knock yourself over. Just just go out and get one run, get an easy run. And then if you can follow it with another easy run the following day, you're golden. That's all you need to do, and, and you'll get back on track. I was like, fine, okay, great. So on Monday, I go out for a run, and I'm running down by the lake, and I'm stopping because it's an easy run. I just can't get through those things. And I'm running, and I stop. I walk, and then from a distance, I see another guy coming. So whenever I see another runner coming, I I don't want to be walking. So I start running, be like, okay, this is we're doing this. And as he approached, I realized it's friend of the pod, Tim Sigelski. He's been on the podcast five times, but he only listened to it once because uh, all the other times that he tried to be on it, something came up, like the, our microphones didn't work, our... Uh, there was, you know, there was something came up in our private lives. And, um, so he's, he's been trying to get on the podcast. We were trying to get him on the podcast quite a few times. So when I saw Tim, that confidence of his, and he's like, like Tim, how, long, how far are you going? He says, I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. I said, what an awesome attitude. He's just going out there. He's four miles away from home. So it just woke me up and I said, that's it. I'm going to do a hill workout. And I remember this hill work workout that Matt had prescribed us, which is a progressive one. You keep getting faster and faster. And I did that one. I did 11 of those hills. And I felt like I'm back. And then, and then two days later, I ran a three-miler, just, just a little three-miler with big negative splits in there. And I texted Matt. I'm like, here you go. I'm back. <laughs> I sent him a little... That's a little gift from uh, The Mask, if you remember that movie from the 90s. And he wrote me a nice, very nice little message. It's awesome. It's He's such a good guy, such a good guy and so inspiring. And it's nice that he kind of forgives you, but not too much. You kind of feel bad. Not You don't want to disappoint him. Disappoint the guy, you know? Yeah. I hear you. Well, look at that. I like that. The, what, an, what an answer from, from Tim. Oh, I don't know yet. And you're like, dude, what am I being... A so weak-minded for out here and it just kicked your butt into gear i love it i love it thank you that's Tim. what i'm talking about i mean i know that that's like a right everyone falls in and out of running pretty easy right <clears throat> and i know especially with you you know with the restaurant and stuff you go in lulls and you come in and go but man doesn't it feel so good to run you know what else is great like i love going on a run like i did a what was my track workout all in all this week was like eight and a half miles and I felt great I was like eight and a half miles that's long that was a hard work four miles of hard running a warm-up cool down like I'm doing the right things for my body 
you know what, I'm like a runner. And then we're like, you know what, let's bring John Nolan to this episode. And the dude runs for 51 hours and covers 212 miles, 0.5 miles. Don't want to miss that 0.5. And you go, what in the world? What in the world? What am I complaining about eight miles for? So <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny, right? Every runner, you're at your own perspective of how, of how you take things. So um, let's jump into our interview with John. John like I said before, is was the last man standing at the Quarantine Backyard Ultra back on July 11th. So I'll let John introduce himself and then jump into his race. Uh, we get to talk Papa John's, which always makes my heart happy because I love harp-shaped pizza from Papa John's. Use promo code CREAMCITYPACERS at checkout to get a free heart-shaped pizza at Papa John's. Man, that would be like the ultimate ad read right there if I could do that someday. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay Abastoli, i'm gonna jump into this chat with john i hope you make it in there with me and we're into our favorite segment of the show let's welcome john nolan hey john how's it going very good thanks for thanks for having me alex no problem Abastoli, did you make it into this part of the podcast did i make it I, yes i'm right here all right Thank okay you. we we all made the transition great 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 all right well, John, it is great to see you again. Uh, we were just chatting before this. It's probably been like the couple times we've met it was a long time ago. Um, our connection is my cousin Andy, his wife, uh, works with you, correct? You and Emily. Is that how you guys met? Is that how? Yep, we, we started on the, on the same day at our, at our company together, so met that way. Yeah, so there's a whole crew of you guys, a whole epic crew that I, coming from Milwaukee, have rolled with a few times. So you guys are all epic folks. But the one thing that sets you apart is you're an epic runner. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. So, John, we gave you a little intro at the beginning of the show about kind of what we're going to talk about. Well, why don't you tell um, our listeners kind of a little bit about you and who you are as a runner or whatever fun facts you want to throw at us. Sure. So I'm from... I'm from Michigan originally. Um, I went to went to Michigan State University. Um, oh, uh-oh. we might have to end the podcast <laughs> right know. here. I know. That's that's okay. I don't have any. I don't. I, the Badgers are my second favorite team in the Big Ten. Okay, if the, okay, if okay. it's not in the path of the Spartans, you know. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, went to Michigan State University. Uh, I did some running there. I was on a triathlon club. Um, just kind of a social social thing. Uh, hanging out with some folks and you know being active. Um, and yeah, after I, after I moved to Wisconsin, um, I shortly after started, you know, did some, I was running marathons at that time, doing some Ironmans and, um, a couple years after, uh, started running, running longer and, uh, got introduced into ultra marathons. Crazy. So how long have you been like an ultra marathoner? Um, my first ultra marathon was about 12 years ago. So I've been doing, doing it for a little while now. That's crazy. That's a long time. So how many miles do you log a year with all your training and all your races together, like on average? Sure, it, it'll vary, but usually two to 3,000 miles. So I'm not as high of a volume runner as a lot of ultramarathoners, but still a decent amount of miles. So that is a, that's a really good amount. I don't know if I'd ever be able to run that, but some, I would think that that could be higher. So you said you don't run as much, your total distance isn't as much as some ultramarathon runners. What are some other ultra marathon runners what do they get up to a year sure so i mean there's a lot of folks out there that'll run 100 miles a week or average 100 miles a week or 
Um, there's a lot of, or there's some select few out there. Uh, I don't know if many people have been following the great virtual race across Tennessee that, you know, folks that will run, you know, 150, 200 miles, of, you know, some weeks, and that's just nothing that I usually get into outside of a race. So, um, oh, yeah, 100 miles crazy. is about where I where I top out at. I'll hit that a few times a year on a, for training weeks. Um, other than that, usually usually I hover around the 70 to 80 miles a week. We, because the virtual race, so some of our friends like signed up and I was looking at within the first like three days or maybe it was the first week, there was a handful of people who already completed it. And I was like, oh, a few weeks, I guess. And I was like, that is just crazy. The weekly mileage you have to hit to get to that. So crazy, crazy, crazy. But so most recently you had an insane accomplishment. You were the last person standing at the quarantine backyard ultra which is a mouthful and pretty cool, the fact that there's like a quarantine backyard ultra. So for listeners who don't really know what a backyard ultra is, I think a lot of um, a lot of you out there have heard of the Biggs backyard ultra. So there's no connection here, but it's like a similar concept. So uh, guess what is the structure of that race? Sure. So in a, in a backyard format, uh, each runner has to start at the top of the hour um, and you have uh, one hour to complete four point one six seven miles um and sounds like a weird distance but it turns out to be um every if you do that every hour for 24 hours you've run 100 miles um so every hour you have to start at the top of the hour exactly at the top of the hour and you have to run until you cover the distance and then whatever time you have left you can go as fast or as slow as you want to the time you have left you can rest you can refuel um do whatever you want to do during that time but at the top of the next hour you have to be ready to go and start your next lap and with so this format, uh, there's only one, you know, there's one winner. Everybody else is considered DNF. So the idea is you keep going as long as you can until there's only one person remaining. Which is crazy. I would assume, have you, have you done like an actual in-person backyard ultra? I have not. So I was actually signed up to do an ultra or a backyard ultra on uh, April 4th this year. Um, and okay. that, that race was canceled um, due to COVID. Um, and that was the... It ended up that weekend was the first virtual backyard ultra that was put on, so it seems like a good fit. So I I did do a, vult, a virtual ultra before on April April the weekend of April fourth. So this is this was the race you just won, which for everyone just to kick it off, what you ended up covering two hundred and twelve mile point five miles in fifty one hours. That's which is crazy. So, and this was like version two, I guess. There was a version one back in April. So you did attempt that. I um, did. Yep. Let's. I mean, I guess I want to talk about this one, but feel free to pull stories from either one. Like wh- going into something like this, what is your mindset? Obviously, you were training for an in-person one, but are there like tactics to hit this? Like, do you run as fast as you can and get it over with and then rest for the rest of your hour? Like, what are some of the tactics and what did you go with? Sure. So I've, I've, I've run a, I've, I've, I've run a lot of 24 hour races and a 48 hour race before. So I've done long time frames before. And, and my, my tactic in those races usually is to be, uh, to do a lot of, uh, alternating running and walking, um, in very short segments. So, um, so I did a 48 hour race a year and a half ago and actually never ran more than two thirds of a mile at a time. And I covered 215 miles in the 48 hours. So the whole time I'm alternating running and walking through the whole thing. So that was my strategy going into these, um, is that I would, uh, actually on my treadmill, I can pre-program it too, which is kind of nice so that it just automatically, you know, shifts speeds for me. 
Um, and so I can do a alternating run and walk in, in the first race. I started off with a goal of doing a 55 minute laps, which is actually very slow for a backyard. Um, it comes out to, I think over 13 minutes or around 13 minutes per mile. So it's really, you know, taking it pretty easy. And, um, I'd run for three minutes at a slow pace and then walk for three minutes at a slow walk. So, and it would come out to 55 minutes. It's, it's kind of crazy when you break it down that way. Cause you're like, wait, that's pretty slow. So, I mean, I've seen some of your Strava runs. You're, you have a very fat, your pace is very fast, whether you're running over long distances or even shorter distances. So this is like a totally different speed because really you're, you're trying to run for 51 hours. So it's kind of crazy to try to like digest that. How, like, so you were on the treadmill other people, I assume, were literally in their backyard of some sorts doing... If you're not on a treadmill, do you have to do like a 4.16 mile loop? Or is there like any rules to that? Uh, you can do it. In, as long as you're covering the distance, you can do it however you want to. So uh, in the it, there's some people that are doing a 4.1 mile loop outside. There's people that have multiple loops that add up to it. Um, there are people that would literally run around their backyard. Uh, there's a guy that ran around his living room. So he literally was just no. running around his couch is in his living room and he covered over 90 miles in the first edition. Um, I would have gotten so dizzy. I would have thrown up all over my house. That's crazy. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine uh, making that many turns. Uh, that's so, it's got to tax your body in all, all different ways. Oh, I can't imagine like, especially if you're leaning one way in that little circle. So how did you, like, how do you report your time every hour since you're virtual? Did you have to like be hooked up like with a video camera? What did that look like? Sure. So if you're on a treadmill, you're on video the whole time, which brings a whole different aspect to uh, ultra running that you usually don't have. Usually you're often in the woods by yourself or even on a short loop. But here, yeah, on the treadmill, you have the camera facing you the whole time and uh, just take a, a time stamped photo of the distance on the treadmill every hour. But everybody else is doing a variety of things. You, most people outside are just, you know, recording it with a Garmin and uploading it to Strava or whatever means you have. So then the race directors are monitoring everyone's Strava who signed up or whatever it may be to make sure they hit it. Yeah, it's tough at the beginning of the race. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, over a thousand people, you know, 1200 people, I think, in the second edition and over 2000 in the first one. So as it gets down towards the end um, and there's l less folks in the race, they start they start monitoring it more. What did the guy with the uh, in the living room do? <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't, I don't know if he measured it or what he, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I know some people did just have a uh, measure of their course. So you'd take a little wheel around your living room. I don't know, measure with a tape measure, whatever you got. Is somebody counting how many times they've gone over and over? Are they watching with a the camera? I'm they just are watching with a camera. So if somebody wanted to count as laps, you, you'd, you'd most definitely could, but it's a sure lot of room for cheating. To, sounds I'm like. I'm not sure if it got to that point of validation. So yeah. we can, we can, we can do this, Alex, then if there's, if there's room for cheating, maybe. I, I, get, I get bad motion sickness i get dizzy like driving in the car i would throw up everywhere if i had to do all those circles i'm not kidding i would get violently sick i guess if you want to live stream that that'd be like a better youtube video than it would be for like a race that's crazy so so all 51 hours did you have your laptop up did you have to be streaming it or were you allowed to have some downtime you're allowed to put it down, but I just kept it going, facing the treadmill the whole time. So I wasn't on it the whole time, but it was just facing my treadmill. So I had a nice uh, reclining uh, lawn, lawn chair in my basement here that I would just lay back and put, get my feet up between laps. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, I mean, the video was rolling the whole time. 
Wow, that's pretty crazy. I couldn't imagine like being filmed your entire right it's your entire race because that's you're gonna go through highs. You're probably gonna go through <laughs> some really shitty lows. I imagine. I can't. I can't imagine the whole thing being recorded. But it it was it. So you you did your your concept of run walking. So you finished every uh, every hour. Like how much time did you have to spare? Sure. So in the first race, um, I did start with a 55 minute goal. But then I was actually finding that, you know, there's muscles that get more sore walking than running. And I was actually wearing those muscles out quicker than because I don't train nearly as much walking as I do running. Um, so I notched it down to doing four minutes running and two minutes walking, uh, which got me to about 51, 51 minutes per lap. So I had about nine minutes between. So by the time you get a restroom stop and a snack and lay down for a few minutes and a couple minutes before it goes off, get back on the treadmill. Okay, so sleeping wise, like you're only sleeping for like five minute segments here. <laughs> yeah, so sleeping, uh, sleeping's kind of the the hardest part for me for sure. So that my first race, uh, I was, you know, I, I'm fine through night one. Um, so by you know getting through 24 hours of a race without sleep, it definitely isn't a problem. But once it gets to that night two, uh, is when usually the sleep deprivation kind of starts to starts to hit me. Um, and being in your basement alone on a treadmill uh, <laughs> presents some challenges versus being in a live race environment, right? For being sleepy. So um, the first night, by the time it got to 38 hours, I was starting to lose my footing off to like the back, the side and the back of the treadmill, like just wasn't oh, good. No. I knew I needed to get some rest uh, to keep my focus. And at that point I laid down with my alarm set and I just overslept my alarm. So that's how my first race ended. Cause if you don't, line up you know ready to start at the top of the hour you're out so i woke up 15 minutes late and my race was over after 38 hours in the first event oh that's devastating do you think you are in a good spot uh in during race one to be like a competitive in the winning <laughs> uh i felt good at that time so it's hard to say so in these races yeah. there's a saying that you it's easy until it isn't because you're, you know, you're not going for a lot of ultra runners doing, you know, 4.167 miles in an hour isn't a very hard task until your body tells you it is. <laughs> so anything can change quickly, but I felt good at the time. So I was a little disappointed because my legs still felt as good as I could have imagined at that point in the race. So I knew I had a good amount in me still. Um, but yeah, just the, the sleep, I needed to f figure out the sleeping portion. So did you recruit your family to wake you up every hour and come <laughs> blow the blow the blow horns at you so you didn't sleep past the hour mark? Yeah, so for the second event, uh my wife was disappointed too. I mean that I you know, that my race had done that way. She was kinda of bummed out for me. So um so yeah, at that point, I mean uh this as the second night came around and she saw I was running good, she just told me, you know, I'm not gonna let you sleep this time and uh, or not let you sleep oversleep. So she was setting her alarm for what eight minutes before every hour. She'd come down and uh, babysit my nap, and then uh, <laughs> make sure uh, I was awake two minutes before to start getting ready for the next one. Oh, that's awesome! That's some dedication. That's a real crew member right there. That nothing yes. better than that. Nope, it was not possible without without my wife waking wake me up and tending to me for sure. So to me, the sleep, tr the sleeping thing like throws me off because though, like I'll say I'm a runner and I do marathons, like training isn't anything like that, right? Like we'll do some long runs, some 20 milers, but like overnights and multiple overnights, 
do you feel like your body, like you're trained because you've been doing this for 12 years or like no matter what, the sleep thing just messes with you and you've just maybe you've done a couple more of these races than other people and can push through it or like what, what's the barrier that you break through that there for your body? Because that's pretty crazy for your body, not only to be running, but to not to be sleeping too. Yeah, it's, and it, it varies so much person to person. So the, the winner of the first event went, that one went longer. Um, it went 63 hours. Um, and and he, did, he didn't sleep the entire time. He didn't get a single, just didn't shut his eyes, didn't sleep for the entire 63 hours, which is just mind boggling to me. I can't do that. But really, even, even though in my race, I probably only slept, I'm guessing, nine or 10 minutes, to be honest, um, because I think I only fully fell asleep two or three times. Um, okay. Just, but the other time, it's amazing to me at least, just closing your eyes and relaxing and getting to that point where you're almost asleep does a lot for your, for your, for the brain at that point when you're that tired. So I felt, I felt, it's, I felt great, great sleep wise during the second event, just getting that five minutes of shutting my eyes every hour. Yeah. It's kind of like back in the day in college when you're in lecture and you're like head bobbing, but like <laughs> right when your head actually falls, you snap out of it and get your energy back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um let's talk about the good stuff so fueling so i know ultra runners love to eat all the good stuff on races how did you fuel on a race like this where you're kind of run walking so you're not you are putting a lot of strain on your body but over like a very long period of time sure it's yeah it's way easier to digest during a race like this um where the average pace is so low compared to a you know shorter races even a 100 miler actually for that matter so um so yeah during this I started off uh, just eating mostly sugar just for the first 12 hours or so. So I'd eat, uh, I, I do some, I actually do, leading up to the race, I always do um, a strict keto diet for three to six weeks, depending on the race, um, just to get my body in like a more efficient fat burning uh, process. Because uh, me personally, I can't digest food that well when I'm running usually. So I like to eat less food, the better is usually how I like to operate. So I like to make myself a little bit more efficient in that way. But once I get going, uh, as I usually try to average about 120 calories an hour, so not too much. Um, and yeah, at the beginning, as that would uh, that uh, consisted mostly of Oreos, um, and then just a couple like peanut butter M&Ms or something on the side while I was on the treadmill during my walk breaks. But yeah, keeping the calories low. Um, but then as races go on, it ultras most people just start uh, start having an appetite for more savory foods, more real foods. So. Yeah, even as early as I think it's 12 or 13 hours into the race, I switched over to, to pizza uh, between laps. Um, so I was eating half a slice of uh, thin crust pizza every hour. And yeah, I started that about 12 hours into the race. So that left me with about 39 hours of eating a half a slice of pizza every hour. Well, that's only a half a slice. That's wow. That's some commitment. I would want to eat the whole thing. So what, what pizza were you eating? Do we have frozen pizzas? Were you getting delivery dropped off? What was going on? It is mostly delivery. Uh, we went, we started one frozen pizza and man, it just don't taste the same. So, oh. uh, yeah. Uh, Papa John's, uh, thin crust pizza, sausage and sausage and mushroom. Papa John's. Papa John's. Uh, for the, for those that have been listening since the beginning of the year for our Valentine's day episode, we basically were sponsored by Papa John's without ever getting paid by Papa John's. We talked about Papa John's for that entire, uh, episode and their heart shaped pizza. So <laughs> yeah, we're a, we're a big fan that's actually like so a lot of peanut butter m&ms some pizza and then oreos in the beginning um what did you do for hydration 
A lot of water, Gatorades, or are you drinking? Uh, I drink a, a drink called Hydrate from, from UCAN. It's just a, a no calorie electrolyte drink. Uh, I like to keep my calories and my, and my, well, I'll drink Tailwind sometimes for races, but as it gets later into races, I like to keep my calories and my electrolytes separate so that I can, you know, manage the two without uh -huh. kind of, you know, if I'm not wanting sugar, I still want to be able to get my electrolytes in. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's just a zero low, it's a zero calorie electrolyte drink that works for me. Okay. I, I don't like think it. I, I like took it. a, I don't think I took a drink of water the entire 51 hours. Hmm. That's just sound. That's just another crazy thing you said. That just like is so mind-boggling to me. So let's talk about the finish. So I thought this was pretty cool. So it came down to you and a guy from Japan, um, Akio. So it, how many laps did you guys go at it? It was just you two, or when you figured out it was just you two. Yeah. So I think it was. I think there was about nine laps by ourselves. I want to say I think the third, uh, the third to last competitor dropped out at about. I think I want to say it's 42 hours is around there. Um, yeah, and then we kept going another nine hours or so after that. Another nine. When you say like another nine laps, it doesn't sound like that. You're like, oh, nine laps, but it's another nine <laughs> hours. So that's crazy. So at that point, you knew it was you two from the feed, from the live stream. Did you kind of know what was going on? Because when I was watching it, they were talking a lot. He had a lot of like um, just bowel movement issues. It sounded like he wasn't. He was kind of struggling in that category so did you kind of know where he was at then uh yeah so actually but that was so his worst hours were back in the is in the 30s somewhere where he was having a lot 30s. of uh, a lot of digi early. a lot of digestive issues uh and you were we were seeing it live on camera like <laughs> as no. you said as you oh. as you said uh you know you see you see everything when you're on camera the whole time so yeah we could see it on camera and he just was you know, getting sick for, you know, 15 minutes and then he would pick it up, pick up the pace and finish his lap and keep going on. So he was, he was quite the warrior. I, I was, I don't, I don't think I'd be able to push on that quick. Uh, the nice thing about ultras usually is you can have a bad spell and then you can take time to recover and then you can keep going. In this style of race, you have to finish that 4.167 miles every hour. So if you're, if you're getting sick, you better get on that treadmill pretty quick and get going to finish your lap. Well, that's aggressive. That's aggressive. So how it's kind of cool. Like when you're at a race and people are from different parts of the country or even the world, like you're there, but it's kind of crazy to think that you were in your basement <laughs> and he was in maybe his basement across the world. And you guys are competing virtually on treadmills for you're at the 50 hour mark. And like you guys have been going at it. Like to me, that sounds so cool. Like you're, it's like, you're literally coming together virtually to do this. And that's like, that's competition. That's super cool. Yeah, it's I pretty awesome. Cool. There's even just a couple couple of people that were watching ended up help translating between between the two sides. Uh, it's quite the oh, quite the experience. So there, there was a translator on the live stream that was helping with that. Right. Yep. Once you found out that you had it, because to win, once he dropped out, you have to complete one more lap, correct, or finish the lap you're on. Uh, yep. You have I to so. you have to complete one more lap than than the uh, other last competitor. So. He he started. He just barely. He started the fifty one, the fifty first lap, um, and then I think it's within five minutes of the start that he kind of gave the signal that he was done. So, um, yeah, and that was actually that was definitely my toughest lap to be honest. Um, there's just a there's a you know so much of this is a mental game, right? So, getting my mind is set mind in the mindset that yeah I'm just gonna keep going, right? It's just gonna and for me I was really just focusing on four minutes at a time of running, um, you know, just focusing on getting through those four minutes. I'd have my nice and slow walk break for two minutes and then then repeat it. So little segments like that are, you know, were 
are really nice to focus on for me during the long races. Um, but yeah, once uh, once I knew that he wasn't gonna complete that lap, it's you know the whole body just kind of realizes what's going on, right? And just kind of <laughs> legs turn to concrete and have to kind of force through that lap. But that's kind of crazy. But it had to be a nice sigh of relief too, knowing like, okay, this is it. I just got to finish this cycle, and I'm done. And and I won. I'm the last man standing. Yeah, it's it's almost kind of bittersweet in these races, to be honest. So. A lot of times, like, you just want it. Like, if you're feeling our, feeling good, you just want to kind of keep going, right, to see what can happen. But at the same time, I mean, my body was plenty destroyed. So, I, I you know, a lot of people ask me, like, how I how I looked like I wasn't even hurting that long and that far into the race. But uh, believe me, there was, there was definitely some, some muscle damage going on there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I was, I was fatigued. But you just, like I said, you just get into the mindset that you're going to keep going. And uh, the mind's a pretty powerful, powerful thing. Yeah, you have to have a tough mind if you're going to finish something like that. So how, how was, like, recovering from that? Were you a couple of weeks? Did you bounce back right away? I mean, I know for a marathon, like, a couple of days, and you're kind of back to normal, but I can't imagine this. Yeah, so I tried to go out and run uh, about a week afterwards, and it felt all right at first, but then my, my body just wasn't ready for it. So I really haven't – I'm just really starting back up this week. So pretty much three weeks I ran, like, 20 miles over the three weeks afterwards, and this week I should be able to start resuming, um, building back up slowly to, to my normal volume. Nice. Breaking news on the Cream City Pacers podcast, John Knoll is back to running this week. <laughs> Did you have like, because you did do a lot of walking, did you have like any sort of like different pains or like recovering issues that you maybe have not seen before when you just did like a hundred mile race where you're running most of the time? Yeah. So it is definitely does have some, some different, uh, when you're walking different parts of the body, especially my, my feet, you know, usually I feel like take a little bit more of a brunt of it when I'm walking a lot. Um, but yeah, in general, another thing about the treadmill is, you know, Trails are nice because you're kind of alternating, you're, you're moving around, you have different footsteps, but when you're on the treadmill, every single time you put your foot down, it's pretty much the same as the last one, right? So you're hitting in the same exact fashion, you're not taking any turns every single step, and I feel like that can also give you a little bit more, you know, those spots that are going to get sore are going to get sore every step, so um, it just accumulates over time, I feel like, a little bit more, so I do feel like these two treadmill races have been a little bit longer recovery than, than average. Now, John, I have to ask you, Alex and I, we are not ultra runners. The closest we've come to it is 26.2 miles. And uh, actually the last time that we attempted a marathon, we came a little bit short because it was the Milwaukee marathon of a couple of years ago. That was 25.6 miles instead of 26.2. So we're not at that level. And one of our, least favorite things i know for me for sure alex too but for me especially is the treadmill actually since i started running the longest i've gone on a treadmill is 20 minutes and i couldn't stand it i so <laughs> what i want to ask you of course is what do you do when you're on the uh, when you're on the treadmill itself you said that you have uh you know it's nice that you focus on those four minutes of running and two minutes of walking the alternation helps time go by uh, but if you can tell us a little bit of whether you listen to music, whether you're watching something, of course, the video live cast that you had for this, uh, for this event helped. But what I really want to know is, was there anything, any trick in your brain, like from when you started running to when you switched and you said, okay, this is what I do now in my brain and in my mind, this is what I think 
to be able to get through these long, long, long runs that I didn't do when I did 5Ks or 10Ks or half marathons. Sure. So I guess in, in regards to the treadmill in general, um, yeah, I don't like the treadmill, to be honest, which might sound funny because between the last two races, I've ran 89 hours on a treadmill, I think. Um, but, but yeah, uh, in general, I, I mean, I prefer to be outside, but when I'm on the treadmill, you know, if it's usually when it's really icy out, that's my main time that I would be on, or if there's a lot of thunder and lightning, but, um, yeah, normally when I'm training, I'll watch, I watch sports or watch something to keep me entertained. Um, during this, uh, during this race, I watched the live feed almost exclusively. So I think I, I watched the live feed probably 45 of the 51 hours of the race. Um, they had some entertainment on there. Um, but a lot of the time it was just watching, watching runners and that's, that was enough for me. That just keeps, I, I like watching, watching the race as it unfolds. I'm somebody that even when I run outside, I never run with music. I like to kind of be in tune with what, what I'm doing, just kind of enjoying it. Um, so yeah, I was watching the main, the, the live feed for almost the, almost the entire run. Um, yeah. And like I said, just focusing on, on my four minutes at a time is, that's really what my, my mind is, is thinking about. I know it's crazy. People ask me, you know, even on my training runs, if I go for like an eight hour training run out here, like, what are you thinking about for eight hours? Like I'm thinking about running most of the time. That's just what I, I like to zone out and just, just get into it. John, you're a machine. And that's so awesome. Congratulations again on, on your win. That's cool. Where does this rank amongst all your other races and accomplishments and races you've placed in and won? Where does this sit? You know, it's so hard to compare virtual races, to be honest. And there's also parts of the race, you know, that, uh, you know, different, everybody has different conditions. So it's kind of tough. But it's, I mean, it's my the, definitely the high, highest profile win that I've had, I would say. Um, I've had other other races. Um, I guess earlier this year, thankfully, I got a good race in in February. Um, finished third third overall at the hundred mile national championship. So that was, I guess, right up there as well, probably. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely the highest profile race. But I think you know I've ran you know farther in forty eight hours before. But it's just they're they're totally different animals. So it ranks okay, up there. Okay. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. I have. Definitely have some some goals going into the future, and hopefully can, you know, get some opportunities, do some real races here coming up. Okay, so before we let you go, we gotta ask you a couple fun questions. If you could have, if you could bring one person to run with you in the next couple weeks, who would it be? Uh, I would choose Bob Hearn. Not for sure how many folks on here know of him, but he is. Uh, yeah, he's just a great long distance timed runner, or a lot of uh, time distance or timed runs he does. Um, but he's uh, he writes a great blog and he's he's just a great athlete and he's set a lot of uh, age group records and uh, but he has uh, I've taken a lot honestly from from his strategies uh, he uh, does a lot of he's a very good pacer in general and uh, I love reading his blogs and yeah I think uh, we we're also uh, both nerds we like to program our uh, Garmin watches so um, so yeah I think he'd be a fun person to go for a run with. What does program our Garmin watches mean? Uh, actually make uh, watch uh, watch faces. So actually have uh, data screens. So I'm a program, create my own uh, data screen for these, you know, lap races where, uh, for instance, it'll show me like my last four laps, my, uh, my projected distance based on the average of my last four laps. Um, and like wait, how, no how far way. I've gone. So 
yeah, really customizing the screen to show whatever you want. So how do you do that? Do you have to like buy a different type of screen to overlay on your watch, or are you like customizing the whole watch? I, I'm I'm writing code, so writing the code for the for the screen in the background. Garmin's all open source, Whoa. and if you want to spend time Wait. doing that kind of stuff, you can. This sounds really fun. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll have to look into this. I, I might need you to send a screenshot, like a, a photo of what your of what your watch face looked like. Um, sure. Okay, and then lastly, what is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? Huh. pre-race pump-up song um man i don't know uh i like i said i don't usually listen to music um but uh when i do usually it's uh anything from the 90s you know so maybe some uh Ooh. matchbox 20 or something of that nature okay okay i'm feeling i love I, the real world by Matchbox Twenty is on is on my one of my running playlists, so I can get down with that. Which which specific song would you choose, John? There's a reason we ask. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll choose Three A.M. by Matchbox Twenty. Three A.M. Okay, awesome. Thank you. We'll have a little surprise in the beginning of the episode for you. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll put we'll plug that in the beginning. All right, John. Well, this has been great. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Congratulations again, and uh, I'll see you over on Strava soon. All right. Thanks for having me, Alex.